One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. The Stairs quote is a sobering, heartfelt experience that has the power to make viewers love the neighbors they might have otherwise shunned or ignored. This is one of the finest docs ever produced about life in Toronto. To call it essential would actually be selling it short. It's practically mandatory viewing if you live here. Close quote. That is a uh, quote from the Toronto film scene. You've got to see this film, uh, The Stairs, and uh, I'm hoping you're about to listen to the full conversation with the director and producer Hugh Gibson of the film of the same title, The Stairs. Check it out. Uh, it's going to be at the, the Lightbox for a week coming up in a few days, and it's. I'm hoping it's going to be available online. Check out the uh, the website as well, The Stairs. Um, Hugh and I talk about a lot of things. We, of course, we talk about Toronto. We talk about uh, the film. We talk about the process. But we talk about uh, we talk a lot about uh, social justice and, and and compassion and having empathy for others. And and the film is about sort of seeing seeing uh, life through the eyes of, of of three folks who are struggling and uh, and aren't we all on some level? Uh, and at the risk of overstating, and I said this to Hugh. Uh, I, I am a better person for having seen this film and I want you to see it uh, I hope you'll listen to the the interview uh, we talk about self-expression and we talk about poetry and about harm reduction policy uh, get ready for a great uh, conversation with Hugh Gibson and don't forget to check out rabble.ca and davidpecklive.com for more podcasts and uh, my book and, and opportunities uh, to, to, to book me as a public speaker as well if you're interested but Hugh Gibson is coming up talking about the stairs well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a special guest today, a, a filmmaker kind of uh, doing a bit of a series here, a filmmaker uh, series on Face to Face, kind of uh, just an extension of the Toronto International Film Festival. And uh, I don't know, I think we're, boy, I think I'm, I'm pushing about 30 interviews. Hugh Gibson's here with us today to talk about his film, The Stairs. Hugh, thanks, thanks for, your, for your time today. I really appreciate the opportunity. My pleasure, David. Thank you. So you're just coming off TIFF. I mean, I, it's pretty interesting. I've been getting um, emails from publicists and, you know, hey, David, have you recovered? Um, mm-hmm. So so ha- have you recovered, I guess? There's my opening question, Hugh. Have you recovered uh-huh. from the craziness of TIFF, the, the standing ovations, the parties, et cetera? Uh, there's, uh, there's no rest for the wicked, David. Um, <laughs> absolutely.
absolutely not. And um, part of the reason is uh, diving right into uh, releasing the film at uh, Bell Lightbox um, as of this Friday, October 7th. So get, getting immediately geared up for that after TIFF. So, so what does that mean for you uh, as a filmmaker for uh, releasing uh, as a documentary in Canada? Is there, is there a lot of splash and hopefully tons of ripple? Uh, well, ideally, yeah. I mean, so I directed the film. Uh, I also produced it. Um, so, yeah, definitely relying on a lot of good word of mouth. Um, yep. Fortunately, the film was really well received at TIFF. Nice. Uh, that was big. A film of, uh, you know, this size, I guess you could say. It's, it's really important, especially at a big event like TIFF, um, you know, tend to be perhaps lost under the big yeah, name. for sure, um, yeah. So any way to stand out is great. Um, but, yeah, it was a great way to premiere the film locally, um, you know, especially with the, the community involved in the film, you know, got out to see it and got a sort of spotlight on them and, and got kind of a moment, which was, it was really special, actually, very emotional. Yeah. I was I was drawn to the film for so many reasons. One, having uh, grown up just outside of Toronto and now live out of it, spent a lot of time working there, uh, skateboarding uh, in a part of uh, the Toronto that you're you're filming in uh, mm -hmm. for a couple of years. Um, I, I, I was really drawn to the not only the the uh, you know obviously the blurb and the trailer and all of that, but just from what um, well now having seen it, I guess what I would call your your compassionate lens. So mm -hmm. tell, can you, can you tell me a little bit about, or tell our listeners a little bit about the film? I don't want to, I, I, I mean, we're going to get into it obviously more as the subject sort of unfolds and as mm -hmm. we chat more about the issues, but tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind, provide some context and let's go from there. Yeah, sure. So just very basically, the film follows uh, three people who survived many years of street involvement um, in Toronto's Regent Park neighborhood, and they uh, were uh, drug users and sex workers and were homeless, um, and now are at a point um, in their 50s where they're trying to sort of turn their lives around and also give back to their community. And they do this through working in harm reduction at health agencies in Regent Park, and through their work and through their community, they try to help themselves while they're trying to help others. And so the film follows them for five years, and we see their sort of struggles over time and try to really go take the audience into like a very in-depth look at their lifestyles in a way that I hadn't seen before mm -hmm. um, and really delve into what it's like to sort of walk a mile in their shoes. Hugh, is this a, is this a film for you? Is this about empathy? Is this about, is this about Torontonians who, who drive by this area who, who don't even know that it exists or, or, or who don't care that it exists? Does this become a, a metaphor almost for, for, I guess, I don't know, the bigger question of, of taking care of ourselves and taking care of others? Yeah, I, I like that way of looking at it. Um, it really ties into some of the um, locations and the imagery of the film, sure. and a lot of the subtext, which, um, you know, for example, the characters will take you or take me as a director into places like Field of Dreams, which is a, a location that recurs, recurs throughout the movie. 
which is a place that you might walk by or drive past and not think anything of, but it's actually a landmark within that sort of drug using community. And I think that it ties into this idea of being hidden in plain sight, mm. and which also sort of applies more broadly to the sort of street-involved community. People within that world, they might think that people pass them by, people don't notice them, and maybe they don't, you know, they tend to not value themselves after a time. And then through these uh, programs and these agencies that the characters work in and doing harm reduction work, it's just sort of a different way of um, sort of valuing people in that world and, and um, being non-judgmental. I mm. mean, that would be mm. sort of the biggest thing is that that work is a non-judgmental approach to healthcare and to working with drug users, sex workers, people who are street involved, um, and taking us into this sort of world that is hidden in plain sight. That was, that was important for me as a director and important to show in the film. Would you would you say that when you set out to make a film like this, uh, I mean, obviously, or obviously, not not obviously, but I would think that you start out with a you know a certain idea. You're going to follow these stories. It's two mm -hmm. or three or five people. Uh, you get to know them and so on, and things start to shift. Do you ever go in saying, okay, here's exactly you know what I want to say. I want to say that you know Toronto isn't quite Toronto the good that we think it is you know like you you right. saw something and it's almost like a visual essay like you go okay here's the argument i want to create and and here's my three characters and i want to tell the world that they got it wrong about my great city <laughs> right uh there was definitely an element of that yeah i mean if i go back to when the whole project was initiated back in 2011 I mean, at that time, I didn't know anything about harm reduction. I probably mm. hadn't really spent any time, and even in Regent Park, and I've lived here my whole life in Toronto. But um, I think what really interested me as a director was when I met people in the community, when I met people who you see in the film, I thought, um, you know, there's so much out there already on in terms of films or shows, anything at all. I mean, there's a lot out there on drugs, drug use, street life, you know, you name it. But I wondered how come I haven't seen something that sort of captures the essence of Marty mm. or Roxanne or mm. the mm. world that they're showing me. Um, you know, how, why is that? And how come I haven't really heard of harm reduction? And how come I don't know anything about this? You know, I read a lot. I watch a lot of movies. Um, you know, so I, I wanted to show things that would surprise me. And that was kind of what I started with, is, is asking the characters, you know, once we got an idea of what the film might be, you know, what the general direction might go in, like, you know, another thing I thought was, you know, I I don't really know of much where the subjects sort of take ownership for their own storytelling. Right. So where I could say to them, you know, what, what's a place that was important to you? You know, if you're going to tell me something about your past that's important, that, that, you know, nobody knows about, nobody understands, you know, what was it like sleeping in stairwells, Marty, you know? What, you know, 
where would you take me to make me understand that, you know? And it was this kind of thing where they could take ownership of their storytelling. They could be involved in in their own sort of self-expression. Right. And that was something that I hadn't really seen. And uh, I, I hope that it comes through in the film. And you were talking about having a, a, a compassionate lens. Um, and I think that that played into it. Um, yeah, and, and going places, you know, kind of going further well, than what you might well, it's such see a, in a news item. Yeah, well. yeah. I, I mean, it feels like, like well, it's a doc, it's a film. It feels it's like it's got sort of a journalistic edge. It's giving me this inside look into something that I wouldn't normally have access to, which is utterly mm-hmm. brilliant on so many levels. But there's something more for me, I think, at least in, in my experience of the film. The, the intimacy of it is, frankly, it's a bit unsettling. You know, on on a few levels, you know, it's so intimate. It's so kind of in your face sounds negative, and I don't mean it to be that at all, Hugh. I think I, in your face, in the best sense of the word, and well, it's intense know, at times. Yeah, and, and the, uh, many of the shots can be close ups. I mean, you see the the pores in the skin. You see the big scar across Marty's face, or you see his eyes staring back at you through the lens intently. Um, you know, I, I thought that it would be really good to sort of put you in the same room and make mm. you sort of hopefully make you as a viewer feel like you're really there, you know? Um, yeah. How, clo- how close did you get to these, these, these folks? I mean, five years is a long time to make a film, it seems to me, uh, especially about something, you know, so sort of um, tangible and, and, mm-hmm. and so deeply relational. I mean, mm-hmm. It's almost like you know. Were you? Did you end up living in the stairs with with Marty for a little while? You know? <laughs> like no, how, it never how, went that far. How close did you get? <laughs> there to was these a, guys? an element of professional distance. Yeah, of course. But um, I think it it speaks more to the fact that they really wanted to go for it. Huh. They bought yeah. in from the beginning. Sure, sure. They told me, you know. We want you to show our lives for how they, you know, as they really are. Show, show us, depict us honestly. That was something that Greg said specifically right from the get-go. Hmm. Um, you know, think about from their point of view, they've lived through a lot of um, stigma and discrimination um, in all kinds of ways. And there's very few outlets within that world, you know, for self-expression. So when Marty comes to me surprising me one day that he's written this poem, you know, um, I think that he loved the fact that he could, you know, perform it on camera. Is that the the, the poem about the stairs? Yeah, where the title, where the film's title comes from. Which is, which is wonderful. He's quite, he's Mm -hmm. quite the poet, actually. Yeah, he, he really is, um... And, and these were the things that I, I really latched on to yeah. in terms of, you know, there's so many preconceptions about drug use and sex work and, sure. you know, yep. Yep. Living, living on the street, right? And, um, you know, isn't the reality quite a bit different? I mean, that's what I was quickly learning. Mm. And the fact that all of these people I, I was getting to know, they're so funny, <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, and their characters, right? You know, yeah. Mar- I mean, the, Marty said at one of the Tiff Q and A's, like, you know, I am a character, and he, and he really is. And I mean, you know, meeting them, you know, it was very obvious, that, you know, that they would 
be able to carry a movie, for example. And that was part of my pro. You were asking about like process earlier. You know, it was a process-driven sure. uh, piece where I would shoot a little and edit a little, shoot a little and edit a little, right. and there wasn't a specific ending in mind when I started, but I knew that these people were so sort of, I don't know what the best way to describe it, maybe disarming. I mean, they were, they're so funny. They're yep. so articulate. Yes. Oh, articulate um, as hell, man. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, so colorful. Grandmother and grandfather, yeah. poet. These aren't the things that yep. you think of when you think of crack user, street-based sex worker, etc. So, I mean, I wanted to show things that would surprise uh, an audience and would surprise me um, and sort of maybe change the conversation a little bit. So, so surprise you. So are you a different person? I mean, silly question on a certain level, really. Are you a different person from, because you've made this? I mean, having known these folks, I mean, the empathy that, you know, going into the project, you say you learned all this about Toronto, you learned this about, mm-hmm. you know, sex workers and, and, and mm-hmm. drug addicts and so on. Um, are you um, more inclined to lend a helping hand now? <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Has your own film actually I had this? So. Yeah. I mean, how, I on so. a certain level, holy smokes, how could you not be? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it would be weird if I was like, try, you know, inspiring people to feel that way in a, in a sense. Um, I mean, people can feel however they want. Yeah, of course. Film, but, yeah. but yeah. you know, certainly the answer is yes. And I, yeah. you know. Yeah. I hope that, that the characters got something out of the yeah. process in terms of, you know, an opportunity for self-expression. Sure. I think that yep. they did, but certainly I benefited um, in terms of, you know, my own knowledge and my own, I think, growth as a person. Yeah, It se- seems seems to me that, I mean, who knows how, how Marty Gregorixan ultimately, w- w- you know, will come out of this experience, but... But they, they, I, I, you gotta think they're gonna look back and say, "Wow, that was, that was profound. It, it was moving. It, it, I'm, I'm, I'm here because of that, or I'm there mm-hmm. because of this." Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's gonna have an impact one way or the other for sure. Yeah, and and um, i you know, I am happy to say that they are very pleased with the project. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask the final you that. Product and and they, the community has embraced it, embraced and that it. was. Oh, that's great. Very important for me as well. So, do you yeah, have that, you know just gratifying. just to go to community? Do you have any kind of oh I don't know um, plan in place to get it in front of uh, you know change makers? And when I say change makers, I don't mean you know all of us. <laughs> I, mm-hmm, mean, mm-hmm. I mean more political change makers, people that that are that are writing policy, that are you know the mayor's office, et cetera, et cetera. Is there an opportunity? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm really glad that you asked that. Um, in fact. Um, we're just about to announce today uh, that on uh, one of the after one of the screenings of Lightbox, um, hopefully this will be the first of these such events. Um, on so on Wednesday, October twelfth, mm-hmm. after the six forty p.m. screening, we're going to have a panel discussion um, moderated by Joe Fiorito from the uh, Toronto Star, um, and it's going to be Toronto City Councilors Joe Cressy and nice. Gord Perk are going to discuss the film and harm reduction policy and issues with Roxanne Smith, who's one of the lead characters in the film, as well as Rafi Balian, who um, is a sort of prominent uh, harm reduction advocate at South Riverdale Community Health Center. And that location is important because it's one of the three sites that's been 
designated to be a, a supervised injection site um, in Toronto. Uh, so that'll amazing. be hopefully a really interesting event and uh, an opportunity to talk about the community and about harm reduction and, and this whole idea of peer work that, that comes up in the film. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Well, good for, good for you. I mean, it's got to be pretty rewarding. Uh, as a filmmaker to, 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 I don't know, I don't know, is that taking it to the next level? It seems to me it kind of is. It's getting it out of the theater and into the uh, the boardroom, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wanted to make something that would sort of, def you know, defy preconception, right. as I was saying. Right. Um, and showing it to policymakers, yeah. um, I think, is is an important part of that. Well, too. I could, I mean, here I could see people writing, writing about this film in the future, students watching this, you know, community care workers, uh, mental health uh, folks, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think it works on a variety of levels. Uh, that's for sure. Um, I got to ask you, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty moving film. It's, it's touching. And it's, as I said earlier, it's so intimate and, and such a, what I think a wonderful portrayal. And by the way, I haven't said it, but congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> you know, I and, appreciate and, it. Yeah, and the getting it to TIFF and the whole, you know, it's it's got to be pretty crazy. Um, you know, you aptly named the film, the poem we just spoke about that Marty writes, and I think for me probably the thing that's going to stick with me the most about the film is him uh, taking us through, you know, where where he spent a great portion, a big a big portion of his life. Mm -hmm. This stairwell. Hey, come on in. Here's the kitchen. Here's the washroom. Here's <laughs> here's the living room. I thought that was delightful, you know. Yeah. And what a beautiful way, uh, and probably quite unscripted way of mm -hmm. of unpacking the harsh reality of 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 I don't know being at risk mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and heartbreaking on one level, and yet and and yet he had quite a sense of humor about it. Absolutely, well. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a character. And you're right, it was unscripted. Uh, and it was just another one of those things where it was kind of done off the cuff and in the moment. And, uh, you know, here we are, I'm just going to show you. And, um, you know, sometimes as a filmmaker, you know, casting is, you know, 90% of the director's job and you just got to be there and not screw up. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that came from sort of letting Marty and, you know, this happened in other cases, letting them sort of take the lead, you right, know, right. let them show what's important to them. And I could try to filter that through my own lens. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you have to say about, um, about addiction? I mean, we all, I mean, we all suffer from our, I mean, I, I love the non-judgmental approach to this film, to these people, mm -hmm. and, and, and I think so many of us could learn so much from that on, on so many levels uh, with respect to all, uh, to, with respect to just others, frankly, mm -hmm. you know, as parents, as teachers, as, as lovers, as, as, as friends, I mean, for the love, you know, like just mm -hmm. di dial it back a little bit on the judgment <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and maybe just listen, you mm -hmm. know. Maybe just embrace. Maybe just encourage, affirm, come alongside. Um, you know, one of the one of the quotes. I think it was Roxanne. She said that uh, her her PTSD was uh, quote com comparable to somebody who had been at war. Mm -hmm. That was pretty. That was a pretty astounding uh, claim. And I know P PTSD is not just about being at war, mm -hmm. but the degree to which th this goes so deep. This isn't just about drug addiction. It's about so no. much more. 
Yeah. I mean, what do you, what, what did you take away in the, uh, you know, having, having sort of lived this for so long? Oh boy. That's I know a it's a one. huge question. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, I, it really is crazy, but I, I guess I'm just trying to say, I'm just trying to get to sort of the. Well, listening uh, is big. As yeah, you were yeah, saying, you yeah. know, listening is important. Um, not being judgmental is important. Uh, empathy is important. Um, I guess my willingness to listen and to be open-minded and to be curious um, mm-hmm. is how, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to capture those scenes. Yeah, that's nice. Um, and in terms of some of the heaviness of the film and some of the stories that are shared, I mean, they're not unique to those characters either. They're, right. they're in fact, very, very common. To the point where um, there's one, there's one moment in the film, a long story that Roxanne tells about mm. uh, a bad date that she had. Mm-hmm. It's very emotional. Um, and even when I was editing, there there was a news item here in Toronto, and it was basically this almost an identical story wow. uh, happened. Uh, it was it was really disarming, like how similar it was. Um, and these types of things go go on everywhere. And this is another thing that I, I felt while making this film was that, um, you know, it's about the movie's about a very specific neighborhood, Regent Park, um, you know, but I feel like the stories happen everywhere. Sure. And there's a, and there's a Regent Park everywhere. Right. And there's right. nothing about it that is sort of, you know, particular to Toronto. Um, it's, these things happen in every probably every major city in North America. Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if this is fair. Tell me, shut me down if you, if you think this is unfair, but I, I mean, I kind of think we all have our own uh, metaphorically. I think we all kind of have our own Regent park. I mean, mm. you know, the, the, the scene at the end of the film with the, the demo of the building. And I mean, that's just lovely sh- uh, on so many levels. The claw I used to work in construction. So oh, yeah. it took me back actually. But, you know, just that whole sort of, I mean, we all, we all need that, you know, that, that, and, and too, I love Hugh. I love the way at the end of the film, Marty is looking for great and he's going down the stairs. We're back mm-hmm. full circle. Mm-hmm. He's, he's descend, you know, it's just looking for his friend, this, 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 I mean, Marty's uh, willingness to listen seems to be unbounded and, <laughs> and yet, and yet, which is really interesting. And this is a good lead into the que- my question about responsibility. I wanted to ask you that, mm. um, Marty's like seems to have a boundary with Greg, and he's like, "Okay, if this that, I'm done. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm done with him, right?" Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but then he doesn't seem like he's really done with him, right? It seems like his compassion is like capital C, and yeah. and yet he still <laughs> wants to acknowledge the fact that hold on a minute, Greg, you gotta you gotta you gotta ante up here, man, right? Yeah, well, I mean, Marty has issues with anger which he discusses in the film yep. and i think that part of being understanding is having patience and sometimes yep. that patience can be severely tested uh especially if you care for the person yes and i'm good. sure a lot of yeah. people can relate to that um in, in different ways but um you know with with the scene towards the end um you know, I, I felt like it's sort of the power of community and, and mm. the power of the characters who want to help each other because maybe not necessarily anyone else will. And they, they want to give back and they want to help each other. And, you know, I, I felt like that was a really good uh, place to end. Mm. Um, and especially, I was saying how it was a process-driven piece. And 
uh, that scene, I mean, you know, I was looking for an ending. You know, the filming had gone for, for quite some time. Um, I was, you know, had my eyes open, my ears open. I reached a point in, in the filmmaking process where I knew that I had, like, for example, A, B, and D, and I still needed C and E, right. you know, to make the film I wanted. And then I'd always trusted that when the ending came, I would know it. Oh, okay. And when that happened, I knew it was the ending. Did you, in, in, are you talking about the shot in the car or in the mirror? I am. <laughs> you you kind of knew. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's awesome. I kind of felt we were pretty close at that point myself, but still, <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. And I just, I, yeah, I love the, there's a, there's a real beauty to that scene, actually, that's really uh, organic and just lovely with the mirror and just, like you say, that sense of community and, and the sense of him, of going after him, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna get this guy one way or the other. <laughs> I'm not I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up on my friend Greg. Yeah. Um, I gotta ask you, Hugh. We're coming near to the near the, the end of the interview here, I think. But I wanted to ask you about for me this year at TIFF. You know, almost I think about as I said earlier, about thirty interviews. I saw a lot of films. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sense, and and even with the work that I do, you know, overseas international development, I do work locally as well. And I think of my own life, my own health issues, my own mental health issues, my own struggles, and, and you know, trying to um, hmm, come to terms with a, with a, a little bit of everything. How's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a line, and I think it was Judy who said, um, and she was talking about her family, and she said, you know what, I, I found my family elsewhere. Mm, yeah, Roxanne and, says that. Is that Roxanne? Okay, yeah, thank yeah. you. Okay, it's Roxanne. You got, you got Hugh in the stairs you got greg who basically says at one point i was an unwanted child mm-hmm. on what i mean and i think this is connected to the this whole judgment thing i mean aren't aren't we all and i and i'm trying to i guess equate us and put us all in the same room here aren't we all really just trying to do the same thing aren't we really all just trying to find find our way back home in some in some way shape or form and i think and i think if it, if that's true i think your film just beautifully lays that out it's hmm. an interesting point i hadn't really considered it that way um yeah i mean there's a lot of sort of universal um feelings i, I guess you could say about needing each other needing com- i don't know if companionship is the best word but compassion certainly sure. yep um, understanding, um, you know, everyone needs a, an advocate or a, you right, know, a, right. a friend at the right time. Yeah. Well, there's that's a sense. An interesting I, way of thinking. Of well, it. I yeah. think there was a sense for me. There was a sense of loneliness to this that actually really resonated with me. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a. I'm not a recovering addict, so I don't know. I can't walk in their shoes in that mm-hmm. sense. But I guess. I guess. I guess that's what I meant about sort of. We all have sort of our own Regent Park in a way. Oh yeah, sure. And and and, and, and so many of us drive by it, <laughs> you know. And we yeah. and the tragic thing is we don't even wave. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and 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 that's that's for me. You know, being the social change guy, it's like I want. Oh man, what am I going to talk to Hugh about? I want I want to talk to Hugh about solutions. I w- I want to know how are we going to fix this? You know, how do we how do we come around these? And there are solutions. There are ways forward but there i think what what your film shows is just there's this i don't know i was i was going to use the word delightful wrong word but there's there's this sense of community you know there are there are no easy answers but we gotta 
we got to work we got to work together yeah the strength of people working together yeah, yeah definitely just yeah. this sense what, of keep- and even if they're you know you know they're users they're sex workers you know they have ways of looking after each other and keeping each other safe because they recognize that they have value as people um, even if um, others don't share that opinion mm. i guess you could say mm. yeah well, it's really beautiful to me how you've humanized uh, that part of the city, how you've humanized Toronto in a sense, how you've humanized these folks, and, and just, uh, I don't know, just really, really uh, allowed, I think, the audience to really uh, connect uh, in a way that they probably are going to be surprised by, I, I hope think, so. by the end of the, the film. So, so uh, opening this, this weekend at the Lightbox, uh, for, for how long's the run? It's, uh, it's a week. Okay. So see it while you can. October seven to thirteen at Lightbox. And you uh, you have a website. Yeah, thestairsdoc.com. Thestairsdoc.com. We've been talking to Hugh Gibson. He's the director and producer of The Stairs. It's a film that you need to see, and uh, it's a conversation that you have just listened to. <laughs> Uh, Hugh, thank you so much for for taking the time today. I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate your candor and your honesty. And again, and thanks thanks for the film. Oh, thank you very much, David. I appreciate it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.